0: Hi, I'm Susan Raff, and welcome to Real Talk. We are obviously still in a pandemic, which has been consuming and overwhelming for all of us, but we're also in an important election year, the race for governor, which is already heating up. Governor Ned Lamont has said that he plans or wants to seek uh, another term. And we do have a handful of candidates who are in the ring, but perhaps the one making the biggest splash these days is Bob Stefanowski, who has announced his candidacy and is already putting ads out and spending millions of money into his own campaign. So we wanted to have Bob Stefanowski on Real Talk to talk about what's new, what's happening this time around and what his message is. So thank you for joining us here on Real Talk.
1: Thank you, Susan. I'm, I'm really happy to be on, and uh, thanks for thinking of me.
0: Right. I think, you know, a lot of people want to know, like, why? I mean, this is a tough time to run for governor. Why, you know, why would you want to do this, especially now we're in the middle of a pandemic?
1: Yeah. Uh, first of all, it's a family decision. Obviously, uh, Amy, I and my three daughters talked a lot about it. Um, we're not happy with, with the direction of, of the state. Um, I think Governor Lamont uh, seems to be a nice man, and and I know he's trying. Um, but I think people are tired of of politicians putting politics ahead of the people out there. And and I grew up in New Haven. I had a ton of opportunity, Susan. I didn't have a lot when I grew up. I had enough. Um, and the state gave me a tremendous opportunity to build a career, uh, have a great family. And I'd like to bring that back. And And, and I think I've got a good sense of what the issues, and we can talk about them, obviously, the issues that people are concerned about. And I, I know I've got a biased view, but I don't think the governor has done a great job of addressing that. Uh, we will. Uh, we'll put the people first and, and we'll start to make things uh, seem better in Connecticut.
0: What do you think should be done differently uh, between the governor and lawmakers? What are they doing that is not serving the people? And what do you really think that you could do differently or convince people that there needs to be change?
1: Well, there's a lot to do, um, but we're focused really on on three areas. One is affordability, Um, and that's not just taxes. It's not just the state income tax. It's about utility bills that, in a lot of cases, are are becoming more than the car payment or the rent or mortgage payment for people. Um, It is somewhat about taxes. We're the second highest tax uh, state in the country, Um, but it's also about safety. Um, you know, Hartford and New Haven had their most violent year last year, and I don't think the police accountability bill has really helped uh, our ability to, to to keep people safe. Um, and it's also, and, and finally, um, it's about transparency in government, um, being open to explaining what you're doing, why you're doing it, um, and the background of it. And and Governor Lamont has had executive authorities for close to two years now and people want that that disclosure. We're going to do that. Uh, we're going to revise the ethics laws. We're going to tighten them up. Um, I don't think any government official uh, should be making any profit from any contract and um, his or her family, um, and that's happening under Governor Lamont. So we've got a lot to do, um, and I think we can start to drive the state in the right direction, Susan, and, and, and that's why we're running.
0: One of the things that you push for uh three years ago, was eliminating the state income tax, which obviously everyone would like to see that happen. Uh, But the plan certainly was criticized. Is that something that you're going to push for again? And do you really think that that's a good way to go?
1: I'm all for tax reform. Um, And I think, again, it's going to be broader. Um, I think income tax is relevant. and, And over time, we'll try to get that rate down. I think more, though, what's on people's mind is property taxes and car taxes. That's a tough one. Um, because you have to cut a check two times a year. Um, Governor Lamont promised that he was gonna reduce uh, property taxes by 300 million. Um, to date, he hasn't even tried to do that. Um, we will try to do it. Um, I do think you have to protect, cause a lot of that revenue goes into the towns and cities. You have to be able to protect them um, and make sure that they still have enough funding for education and safety. Um, will come down very, very um, stringently on the utility companies. Uh, Right now, companies are paid, uh, regardless of their performance, they get a guaranteed rate of return, Um, 9.5%, I believe it is. And and they shouldn't. They should get paid for performance. And if they perform well, they should get paid. But we've had situations like Hurricanes Irene and others where the response uh, to getting power on has been weeks, um, if not months, and people's prescription drugs are are going bad, and um, you know goods are, uh, food is going bad. So I think and, and and executives that year still got million dollar bonuses. So it's a combination of things. Income tax will certainly be part of it, but it'll be a much broader platform this time. Susan, I think in
0: fairness, though things were done uh, during the last legislative session, uh, you know between Pura and the governor. The utilities were fined millions of dollars for their poor performance. Uh, So that ball has already been rolling. Uh, Are you saying that more needs to to be done? I mean, I think people, that's a hot button issue. Obviously, people are upset, they lose power, um, and then they hear about, you know, multi-million dollar bonuses. But in fairness, uh, there was some legislation to hold the utility companies more accountable. And that did happen under Governor Lamont's watch.
1: There was but if you remember the head of pura um, actually voted against the settlement with Eversource because she thought it was too lenient that's extraordinary here's the head of the the, the commission that regulates and, and should be looking out for the people going against her own governor saying it's not stringent enough so yeah we're things done but we certainly didn't uh change from the guaranteed pay model and what happens is every fine that Pura gets right now because they've got a guaranteed rate return just gets baked into your utility payment so it it's a bit of a zero-sum game, and, and and until you actually start to penalize some of the executives and pay them less than millions of dollars of bonus, and until you start to manage that return, it, it just happens that the, the utility payers, uh, people that are that are paying these bills, are the ones that get hurt, and right. and I don't think the head of the Pura would have would have voted against it if it was sufficient.
0: Right. And, you know, Governor Lamont's term is not over, but uh, some of the, you know, I guess some of the highlights, we have a surplus, uh, right? We have paid down uh, some debt, uh, which certainly helps uh, our state. Uh, And I think that, I mean, you've highlighted, uh, certainly in your campaign, that, you know, people are moving out of Connecticut. It's getting a little bit better. I think you all bumped us up uh, a few notches. And maybe that's because people from New York uh, moved into uh, Connecticut during the pandemic um but i think you're right in the sense that people uh, are frustrated with the way politics but i think a lot of it has to do with the pandemic
1: there's some fairness to that susan and and you do have to be sympathetic to governor lamont there was not a playbook for the pandemic Um, but let me point out a couple things we've got a surplus i I guess it's approaching a couple billion we got five billion dollars from the federal government if, if I gave you or any other family a million dollars tomorrow, you'd be running a surplus too. Uh, so the question is, what did we do w- with that money? Uh, we know in West Haven, uh, some of it was taken fraudulently. The governor has agreed, which I haven't seen the results yet. They agreed to audit the money that went to the municipalities, but that's about 10, 15% of the money. Why aren't we auditing OPM um, and some of the other agencies where that money was spent? So, um, you know, the governor likes to point to the... Um, the U-Haul survey. Um, There's American Van Line survey that came out, which is actually moving people that showed Connecticut as the fourth highest migration state out in the entire country. So I don't think it's getting better. I I think there's a fair amount of, of, of shuffling of facts around, and I could go on for hours, but we also have a pension liability that when you take the federal, or I'm sorry, the state, the local, the teachers, close to $100 billion. So You know, if I've got $100 in my bank account, but I've got a $2,000 credit card bill, that's not solvency. Um, And we're gonna point that out in this campaign because the governor is gonna run on that surplus. And it's it, it's false. It's a false narrative of what's happening in Connecticut.
0: Right. I wanted to circle back. You know, it is true that Connecticut is getting an historic and unprecedented amount of money, uh, billions of dollars, not just in covid relief money, but also infrastructure. And maybe what happened in West Haven with state representative Michael DeMassa, maybe an isolated incident, but uh, it does probably demand more attention on how that money uh, is spent and more auditing because it's very tempting uh, to spend that money on many things. Uh, and now you're having calls for people saying, you know, we want to prioritize that money, whether it's child care. Uh, so there really needs to be more accountability of that money coming in.
1: Well, and, and again, to your point, I don't know that any, any other instances happen. Uh, you would imagine with 169 towns that there the, the law of averages would tell you that there is. But the important thing, Susan, is that's our money too, right? The federal money doesn't fall from the sky. That's our federal tax money. And we owe it to taxpayers at Connecticut to show how that 6 billion was spent. And there's been very little transparency around that. We should, one of the things I will do as governor is hire uh, an, an inspector general to go and audit every single department. And I hope we don't find anything. I, I hope that all the money is being used properly. But when you hear about things like the Port Authority, and you see what happens in, 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 in West Haven. We deserve it to tell people where that money is being spent. And, and that's back to the third pillar of my, my strategy, which is transparency in government. We need to respond to FOI requests. I know the press has been very frustrated that it takes a year. Um, and in and, and a lot of cases, it's the day before a court case would be filed that, that the information's being. The government works for us. We don't work for government. And under my administration, that's going to be more apparent than it is right now.
0: What do you think the challenges are uh, taking on Governor Lamont? You know, I heard you on Chaz and AJ on PLR uh, on yeah. the day that you made your announcement. And you actually uh, gave the governor, governor some credit uh, with the pandemic saying that, you know what, there's no blueprint here, no roadmap. And I agree with that. I think that, you know, these are, this is uncharted territory. Uh, But you took it upon yourself at the beginning of the pandemic when Connecticut was having a difficult time getting masks uh, uh, to do that. Uh, Now we have plenty. uh, But this is a challenge. You know, these are tough times. But the governor, many feel, you know, we're the highest vaccinated state in the country. And we've done pretty well uh, with the pandemic. And Governor Lamont, uh, you know, people like him for that.
1: I think there's a couple uh, things, Susan. The governor likes to look at things on a relative basis. Well, we were bad on tests, but we're better than uh, Florida or we're better than than North Carolina. Um, There's two things I think I would have done differently. One is I think with respect to COVID, one thing we've learned is one size does not fit all. And the reason we had to go down to New Jersey at the start of this is the rest home, the nursing homes didn't have any PPE whatsoever. Um, And at the time, the governor was criticizing the federal government that they weren't sending them to us. So what you have to do when you're a leader is you have to get out there and you have to get them. You can't blame other people. So we got in our truck. We drove down there. We brought one hundred thousand back. We burned through those in a day. Uh, So we ended up setting up a charity with the Jewish Federation of Greater New Haven. And we handed out one point five million. And that really helps people. The second issue, I think, is we were totally unprepared for Omicron. The fact that people were waiting in line for three hours for a simple home test during the holidays when they should have been back home with their families is unacceptable and 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 i know the governor might say well the entire country got caught that doesn't relieve him from the responsibility we got six billion dollars from the feds if we weren't keeping our our um, drive-through testing sites open if we weren't buying home test kits um, if we weren't creating step-down facilities for hospitals so that we didn't have to put infected patients into nursing homes. What were we doing with the five billion dollars? And he's got to take accountability for that. So I think you'll see a drop in his ratings with respect to COVID the next time they, they poll it.
0: I'd like to talk to you about politics. Uh, you know, the political climate in general. This week, uh, Monty Frank uh, came out making an announcement for a third party. And as you remember, he ran with Oz Griebel, a really likable guy. Everybody liked Oz Griebel, yeah, and and fact. liked his message. But let's be honest. I mean, being a third party candidate is is almost impossible. Uh, but this, uh, you know, now these days, I think there's a lot of anger with both parties and plenty of blame to go around. And people are very unhappy and disenfranchised uh, with or partisan politics. Uh, what do you say to that, uh, you know, that people may be turned off by both political parties, Republican and Democrats?
1: It's a fair point, and, and people are tired of the toxicity, uh, for lack of a better term. Um, one of the things we're going to try to do, and one of the things I've done successfully in my career, and I, I acknowledge the corporate environment is different than government, but getting around diverse groups of people, listening to what they have to say. A lot of people surround themselves with people that are just like them because it's comfortable and, and you can have it. I've made a career out of surrounding my people by myself with people that are different. And I look forward to hearing the, the views of the, of the Democrats and the legislature. Um, and then we're going to, you know, we're going to, you know, arrive at a decision and, and we may disagree on more than, than what we agree on. But, you know, Governor Lamont likes to say he's got an open door policy. That's fine. But you also have to listen once they walk into your office. Um, and I will do that. And and I think I do think there's a lot more alignment to, between the parties than, than people realize. Both parties want quality education. The difference is in how you deliver it, right? I'm for school choice and and, and the funding following the child. And in my view, the government, the, the, the Democrats are for continuing to throw money at, at, at a problem that hasn't been solved. So I do think there's more overlap. Um, it's unfortunate, Susan, that it is so toxic, because I think a lot of people don't run for office because of it. And we thought long and hard about it, you know, my daughter called me last time she was up at college and she called me crying about one of the attack ads it it, it, unfortunately it's the nature of the business i'd like to try to make it better i'm going to work to make it better and, and i think we can
0: i think when you look at state politics absolutely i think some of the best budgets bipartisan budget which came out during the malloy administration you know there are a lot there's a lot of kudos and credit uh for that but you know in washington that doesn't seem to be the case And I think people are very, very uh, angry uh, on both sides. And again, there's plenty of blame. I wanted to ask you about the Trump factor. I I feel like I have to. I remember when uh, the former president came uh, to Connecticut, I think you, uh, this was three or four years ago, you had called his visit cool. Do you still feel that way now in light of what happened on January 6th and this, uh, you know, narrative that uh, he really won the election?
1: Yeah, I I, I guess to start, I think it's a fair question. I I do think it's the only question Democrats want to talk about because they really can't talk about the economy. We're last or close to last in Connecticut. They can't talk about a lot of facts. Um, Here's where I am, Susan. Um, And I said it a year ago, what happened at the Capitol, uh, just it can't happen. It shouldn't have happened. It can't happen again. Um, we should find out who was responsible and, and there's an investigation undergoing. And, and if that includes the president, then he should be held accountable. Um, I, I've been relatively consistent on this. Uh, I think some of his policies were good. Um, I don't like the personal side of what he does. I don't like a lot of the tweets, but I really do believe this. And, and you know, people say, well, you're dodging the question. I really do believe we got to start focusing on what's going forward We keep talking about a president that hasn't been in office for two years. We should be more focused on Connecticut. I'm running for governor of Connecticut, and I get it. I'm going to get asked about President Trump. I understand it. I don't resent it, but it shouldn't be. And and in fairness to you, it's not 80% of the discussion, but the Democrats will want to make that what it's all about, and that's not going to help the people of Connecticut. Um, and, And we really do need to start on focusing on why more people are moving out of Connecticut than every other state other than three. Um, and, and we need to start, fo- if you want to talk about national issues, we should focus about why Joe Biden's policy have created more inflation than we've seen in 40 years. And that's the relevant, um, you know, dialogue uh, this time. Last time around, yeah, the guy was president. Maybe you do have more discussion about it, but he's not anymore. And we really do need to move on.
0: Right. Let me ask you something that's come out of perhaps uh, the Trump presidency, and that is, you know, the divide within American society. People are very, very different. I mean, you can't talk about politics anymore, maybe in Connecticut, not as volatile as other parts of the country. But how do you bring both sides uh, together? You know, I mean, I've seen rallies uh, at the Capitol. Uh, I myself uh, was uh, harassed and yelled at. Uh, You know, these are dangerous times and we can't have conversations anymore. It's never been more black and white, I think. I I think the gray area seems to have dissipated. How do you bring both sides together for a better, stronger state?
1: Listen, first of all, harassing anyone, the press or otherwise, just it shouldn't happen. People should be able to speak their minds calmly, uh, nonviolently. And the fact that that happened because you're a terrific person, the fact that it happened to you is unacceptable. Um, I think it's the fringe, you know, and and again, in fairness to Governor Lamont, he's got a group that's pushing very hard to the left. Um, And I assume that I'll get a a group that pushes very hard to the right. But but I won't say that I'm against vaccines. You know, I I, I won't say that it should be left. It should be left up to the local school districts, in my mind, whether they want to have masks for kids. And if they decide that that's the best thing for their community, they should be able to do it. I don't think it should be a state mandate. So I think you have to stay true to your principles, Um, but there are areas that we agree, whether whether you're a moderate Republican or a far-right Republican, tax reform. Um, Whether you're you're middle or right, um, the primary role of government is to keep people safe. Um, And that's not happening right now. So I think you have to realize where you have differences and and just agree to disagree. Um, And if that costs me votes, then then so be it. But at the end of the day, I got to look myself in the mirror um, and I got to look my three daughters in the eye and say, I believe in what I stand for. And uh, that's what we're going to do. And, and I think that will come out, Susan. I, I didn't <clears throat> do a very good job last time of presenting what, what I'm really about. And I believe that other people were able to paint the picture. And whether it's our first round of TV ads or the approach I'm going to take with the press, which was not the best last time, or getting out there more, I'm going to show people what I'm really about. And they're either going to like it or they're not going to like it.
0: Well, I think you learn, hopefully, from, you know, our mistakes. I remember you didn't go to the convention, uh, you know, last time. I suspect this uh, time you will and forge more relationships with municipalities and maybe come to some understanding that we have more in common, perhaps, than, than we don't. But going forward, uh, you know, we are in election year. Uh, it's, it's January. We're in a pandemic Uh, you know, what, what's your message? I mean, obviously I understand, um, you've put $10 million into your campaign. Uh, Mm -hmm. there's more to come. Uh, it's, it's, it's a tough field too, because I think, you know, Themis Claridis was thinking of running. She hasn't quite decided she doesn't have that kind of money, or maybe she's not willing to put that in. So it does give you uh, an advantage, but should money, uh, you know, buy you an election because that happens sometimes.
1: Well, you know, the, the reality is I'm running against someone who, whose great-grandfather founded J.P. Morgan, um, and he has um, inherited a lot, and I assume he's going to put a lot in again. Um, this, it took him three tries to win office. Um, I'm actually proud um, that I could put that money in because I started with very little, um, and I'm not going to give you a big sob story because my upbringing was fine. Uh, we had one week a year of vacation up on a lake in, in, in uh, Poland Spring. I mean, my dad never bought a new car. It was always used. But the thing my parents uh, invested in was education. And they sent me and my three older sisters to Connecticut universities. um, And I earned every dollar that I have. Um, And if I can put that back into the state rather than using $7 million of CEP, taxpayer money, I'm actually proud of that. And the reality is I need to do it because I'm running against somebody who has hundreds of millions. Um, But the real thing is how do we create the same opportunity that I had for more young people, and it's not just about jobs; it's about building a career. My dad worked for Southern Union's telephone company for thirty years. He had affordable benefits. He's got a decent retirement. So that's what it's about, um, Susan. And and you know, I, I get that that question a lot. But I think you're going to have two choices. You're going to have Governor Lamont and me. Um, and I would argue I'm more middle class, and I could relate more to the people out there um, possibly than he can.
0: Right. And I, I was going to let you go, but I want to highlight one thing that you've mentioned on the campaign trail and, and that you feel that Democrats have failed uh, Connecticut cities. And and maybe in some way uh, they, they have, because we're now learning, you know, now, I mean, for the past 10, 15 years, young people want to live in cities. Right. And they don't want to live in the suburbs. And so we've kind of missed the boat. Uh, On that, not to say that things haven't been done, you know, Hartford put in a baseball stadium and all that. But, you know, we need to pay attention to our cities and improve our urban life for the people who live there. Uh, because if not, people will not come here, and they'll move to other cities. So that seems to be a, a, a priority, I think, and not just for young people, but also for older people who you know want to move out and maybe move into a condo. I know Tampa, Florida, people are doing that uh, because they they want that. So I think we need to look at the entire state of Connecticut, not just the wealthier suburbs.
1: It's a topic that's close to home to me because I, I actually started growing up in New Haven. It was a three-family house. Uh, my mom's mom lived upstairs and we loved it there. We didn't want to move out, um, but we couldn't, the, the public schools were not good. My parents couldn't afford private schools. So we moved to North Haven where the schools were better. We should not have had to do that. If we wanted to, we should have the opportunity, but I, I'll be, I'm dead serious on this. We didn't want to leave our friends and family. We didn't want to leave my, my mother, my grandmother behind. And we need to create that in the cities. We need to have the flexibility. If people want to move out, that's fine. But we need to pr- provide a priority on education and safety and cost of living so that people can stay if they want to. And, and that's going to be a platform of my of my uh, campaign as well.
0: Well, thank you. And uh, I love North Haven. I love Liuzzi's. And it's the only place you can go and ask for Parmesan cheese. And they have 50 different kinds. So. <laughs> I want to thank you so much for joining us on Real Talk. I think this was a good conversation. It
1: was. And I I would
0: like to invite you back. I know that, you know. I would
1: love to do that.
0: Okay. So uh, with that, it's a deal. And uh, we hope to see you again soon. Thanks for joining us on Real Talk.
1: Thanks, Susan. Thank you very much.
0: All right. Take care. Bye-bye.